0: Welcome to the King's Church Warrington podcast. Inspirational teaching from our Sunday celebrations. Awesome. Our last weekend, uh, last Saturday night, uh, Darren had asked me to do this talk a few weeks ago and so i better get some time to go and pray and just uh, think. And For me, the way I talk to God is often uh, when I walk in the dark. I don't know how you talk to God, but for me, when I'm out praying, I'm not walking a dog, I tend to talk to God, and I was praying and asking God what he wanted me to say, and I started to pray and think, and I just turned on um, my Facebook, and this quote came up, and I thought, well, I can't imagine I'm going to get too many addicts here this morning, but uh, I saw this quote, and something about it really struck me, and it's by a guy called Johan Hari. Uh, and it says this the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. Uh, so again the, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. for those that don't know, sobriety will be so I suppose it's been and it's been you know that sense of I'm not going to touch a thing, a drop, wherever your thing is. You know, being so, being it's like a being sober-minded, isn't it? It's, you, you're not going to, you're going to stop doing all these things that are bad for your type thing. The opposite of addiction is not sobriety. So we tend to think, don't we? You know, I need to stop doing that. You know, because they know, you know, taking drugs, you know, that's not good for you. And so we think I need to stop it, but it doesn't really meet the heart of the matter, because. The real issue is why people get addicted In the first place The opposite of addiction Is connection The real What it struck me was We get addicted to stuff Because there's something inside of us That's empty That's hollow that's, Something in us doesn't feel quite Whole Does that make any sense to anybody And it, it hit me So I thought well I haven't really got a drugs addiction or alcohol addiction But actually, I am addicted to some things Breathing, that's a good thing, although, you know, I don't know about you Breathing a pretty good thing to be addicted to I wife's getting worried now what I'll feel addicted to um, You know, but I don't know about you, but There's certain things in life, I think, that we all uh, go to when it comes to comfort And I think This quote of the idea of the, the opposite of addiction is connection that as we get connected to the things that matter and the, the maybe the people that matter, often when you track, and I've done a lot of youth work in, over the years and a lot of community work as you know, when I track the, the reality and the source behind people's addictions, whether it be to drugs, sex, rock and roll, wherever it is that's their thing, it's often being the lack of connection to mom, dad, Brothers, sisters, family, community, you know, school life. You know, just a sense of isolation has is been at the root of a lot of people's issues. And I know that for me, you know, food particularly is my comfort. And so I've got a bit of a ginger nut addiction. I don't know about you, but what, what is, now you might want to share it but, but what is your thing? What is your addiction? What is your comfort where do you go to? And later we're gonna have a chat round tables now, we, we are, I'm not necessarily gonna ask you to discuss your addictions, which is but I just want you to think about what is the thing that you go to when maybe you don't feel quite whole or quite centered or a sense of peace when something's missing. You know, when you get frustrated at something or you, you're angry about something, or what is the thing that for me is? it's food. That's the thing that I go to when I don't go to Jesus. And then I still go to food often. You know, in John 10, it says that Jesus says, I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. But it also says in that verse that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That the enemy wants to take and rob us of what it means to be in true connection, I believe. And I think that God wants to speak to us this morning about the things that we go to rather than, you know, like I mind's food. For some people, their addiction, your comfort might be alcohol, it might be telly. Um, anyone boxed in by box sets? Oh, yeah. I love a good box set. Mm. Anybody seen Manifest? No? It's, it's, I all have you. It. it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Except right at the end of it. It's a TBC isn't it? i oh, annoying! And then you find all these box sets that actually at the end of you know episode, last episode it's just totally set up and out. So I've decided I'm not watching box sets that have got more than one or two series. because it's really, really good and there's all these kind of bits and pieces but in the end you get to there thinking well that flattered to deceive, didn't it? You end up being frustrated thinking <laughs> I can't wait for the next one. And then you get to the end of the next series and it never really kind of satisfies. For some of us, it might be internet, social networks. You know, I don't know what yours is, but I think all of us have a go to comfort escape. And some of those things may be very healthy in themselves, but actually, what they've done is they've started to break down connection. You know, if you watch a box out on your own, you know, I mean there's loads of box sets but how much time is that wasted When and what it will do is often you, you'll do that one by yourself which then feeds isolation doesn't it and stuff so I think God wants to speak into my heart and know he's challenging me about what I watch and the amount of time I spend wasting it on uh, box sets and some of it's okay but again it's, it's where's the balance and John if, it, if it's right that Jesus offers us true life and true connection, then I believe that God really wants to speak into my heart. Because it's like I feel like the devil offers like a poor substitute, like methadone. It, you know, obviously a heroin addict would have the real stuff, but someone in recovery would often them a methadone. It's like a, it's a substitute to, to the real thing. And I believe that Jesus wants to offer us as true life. So, what's our methadone substitute? No, I, can't. I don't think I'll look around and see anybody who would that that all of us will a substitute addiction. Mick Jagger once said, I can't get no satisfaction. That well-known philosopher. And here's a guy who spent years and years doing all kinds of crazy things. He, all the girls, all the gold, as they say, and all the glory. You know, Most people would know Mick Jagger is from the storm, so the, the people in the room are under... So, uh, he's the lead singer of a very, very famous band. Did you know that, Sam? There you go. So he left some this morning. Gus McJagger, the lead singer of all the He wrote a song called I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Shall we sing it to him? Yeah. on. I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Do-do-do-do. There you go, Sam. Sorry to embarrass you. Did you know, Ethan? No, I didn't. <laughs> right, okay, so the learners from this morning, it's great, but you know, one more philosopher, he's a guy who's experienced m- most of, of the thrills of life, and you know, he's been around the world. You know, I think Jerry Hawley's wife at the time, when he wrote the song, <laughs> I wonder what she thought. Um, you know, she was I think one of the most famous models in the world, you know, very beautiful, etc And all the money, all the fame, and he's writing songs like that. cost he he's got a method on substitute. He's addicted to something that's not a true... Uh, that's going to bring you to a true place of sensitiveness. The devil, I believe, wants to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus does that, I want your life yeah, in all of its fullness. And that song, when I heard that song for the first time that I just played earlier, uh, Never Enough, it just really struck, struck... If you've seen the film, she sings it with such emotive passion. Here's a, a, a kind of world famous singer. She is a, sings to all these famous stars and stuff. And she's on the, in the spotlight and she's saying that, the matter, all the stars in my hand, that something's missing in the, on the inside. It'll never be enough. All this fame, all this glory, it's not enough. So if, if all those things can't give us what we need, How can God How can Jesus If the opposite of addiction is connection Is it true That that connection is like the antidote To to the To the feeling and the sense of Isolation that, uh, that Maybe the sense of Esteem that sometimes we lack Or the sense of comfort That maybe we're looking for But we're looking for it in other things And um and maybe one, of the, one or two people that know who Brown Marsh is in here Brown Marsh was a lead guitarist in the band called Corn and again like Mick Jagger have done all this kind of rock and roll lifestyle and done all the things that come with that and encountered Jesus and it, it made all the difference in his life and I want to read you a little bit from Psalm 68 because as, as with most things I believe that God wants to speak to us uh, through uh, often a three, three-way approach to, to connecting. So Psalm 68 says this. Actually, I've got my notes it's on the side. In, in Bible bits. There you go. In, in Psalm 68, verse 5, it says that uh, God is the father to the fathers. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God is a father to the fathers. That I believe the word, what Jesus offers us, when he's saying in John 10, I've come to my life and life all its fullness, the first thing he wants to do is to enable us to connect with our Father in heaven. If, if you track a, a number of serial killers, for those that love those programs, if you track uh, people that have done some heinous crimes in life, or people that have done, you know, uh, just ended up in, in, the, in the papers for all the wrong reasons, often behind the root of their problem, the heart of their problem. I remember, I don't know if had any of you remember Raoul Mott, the, the guy who, um, well, he ended up doing bad things to policemen, and I think a policeman died, and someone was blinded. But you know, it was the guy who, they got Gaza to try and speak to him, because he's from the northeast. And uh, Gaza came with KFC chicken, um, you know, they got the gun and uh, they tracked him down. And in the end, unfortunately, the man took his own life, before the police would get him. But his last words were, I haven't got a father. The last words he spoke before shooting him was, I haven't got a father. You know, and he, he can't he can't excuse, you know, his 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 actions. But you can at least start to understand and track. And a lot often a lot of people's problems are started because they don't believe that they're loved by their, their father or their mother or someone in their family. And what I believe that God wants to offer to each and every one of us, that he's the Father in his it says that in his holy habitation in, in the in the Bible. Well the holy habitation is is his heaven. We have a Heavenly Father who totally and utterly is besotted by us and most people in society and even most people in church, it never moves from there to there. That you can have and have the smile of God and that God demonstrates his love for us in this. And that while we are still messed up, addicted to other things, Jesus died for us. To wipe away all those things so we can know a connection, a true connection to our Father. And as we know that, then we start to identify and act like his children. And so, often, it's important when I speak to people to help them to understand. It's not about you being better or you trying harder. It's about embracing the fact that the Father in Heaven loves you so much that he did something about the mess in your life so that you could encounter him and out of that relationship and it's one that's meant to last forever most of our relationships <coughs> are life a transitory you know some of you you know will be friends forever some of you will be family forever some of you will be friends for a period of time you know life happens and people come and go in our lives don't they but God wants to be there forever because He's the eternal father And Jesus offers this true connection. It says, I am the way to the Father. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. It's not by trying to be better or be cleverer, it's by accepting what Jesus did at the cross for you. And part of that will come true relationship. So, the place to start of dealing with the antidotes to the poison in our society that seems to say, do this, do that, do the other. Is to accept that Jesus loves you and died for you, and that He wants that He is the door to heaven, and that He's knocking. Probably more like that, isn't it? Is that a policeman's knock? You know, He's knocking on the door of our hearts. What was that? Oh, oh, man. Man. Oh, well, there you go, it's a policeman's knock. That's kind of very obvious, I suppose. But God wants and it, it you know, says in Revelation 9 behold I stand at the door and knock and there's a picture I don't know if you've seen that The picture of a door, a heavenly door but the the handles on the inside and it's like Jesus on the outside knocking and, but you have to let him in he, he can't force his way in well he could but he chooses not to because he loves us and so uh, we have to choose to let him in out of that place of understanding that we have a father that makes us sons don't it And when you're part of uh, understanding God's uh, nature is that he invites us in to connect him into an uh, embracing family. You know, I think uh, when it says in Romans 5 that God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we're still seeing this, Christ died for us, that was really easy to understand, that God loves me. But it's only to a kind of shallow level. Because it, it's only truly when it's served in real community and, and being part of a church community does things make a difference. And for me, um, some of you may have heard me tell this story before, but when I came to Warrington, I lived with a Christian family uh, called the Roachers in Stockton Heath. I we went to help the Baptist church and I was working for You for Christ at the time and I had to raise nearly two and a half thousand pounds to do this training program. And at the end of the training program, um, I used to Christ that kitchen repair, and these guys that loved me all year—they took me away on their holidays with them, and when the family went out. I went with them, and they really did embrace me to their family, and you know, so they looked after me and fed me and stuff. But all year I've been nicking Paul's dad. Poles at, uh, shower towel because it was really this big green towel. And it was big, and I liked it. And so when I showered up, I, I, I see that I think I love that. Anyway, they threw a birthday party for my 22nd birthday there. I didn't have a 21st birthday back home in Barnsley. Because I was working to get money for the Chief price Christ course. Um, And so I I didn't realise at the time how much hurt I'd felt by that. And it was right inside. But that night, my family came, some friends from Barnsley came, and lots of my church friends from church came. And and the Roque family threw a barbecue for me and paid for all the drinks and the food. And afterwards, my two, two of my friends and bars was the place you know, the next door in the connect, uh, in kind of annex. And um, Paul and Ruth, the, the family, uh, well, mum and dad, called me through and uh, they said, "We've got a birthday present for you." I like, "Well, you know, no, this is my birthday present. You know, you've thrown a, a birthday party for all my friends, and I've had a fantastic time. It's been like the 21st I never had." And uh, and then he said, yeah, "We've got this present for you," and it's. It was wrapped but it was like big and soft I tore it open and what was inside? was a towel (laughs) And so we have been nicking Paul's towel all year So we bought you your own towel It was a big blue, proper big blue bath towel And at that moment in time I I didn't realise in my subconscious how much hurt I'd been carrying And for the next 30-40 minutes I literally wept on Paul's shoulder because he embraced me and they embraced me and it was them embracing me and said you're part uh, of this family here's your towel, you get your own towel man. and I ended up staying with them for three years and it says in the next part of Psalm 68 it says he's a father to the fatherless he's a defender of widows he places lonely people in families and it wasn't until I lived with this family did I realised What it meant to be a Christian. That we as a a brother and sisters get a chance to share our lives and our resources with others. And that made such a difference to this really lonely guy from Yorkshire who come to live in Warrington and serve God and work for you for Christ. But I really understood at that point in time what it meant to be part of the family. Because my background, as a lot of you know, is a lot of brokenness at family. Uh, in, I was in a foster home at four by the time I was 12 my mum had been divorced twice you know so family had been something that I could look to as a a, a very easy thing and a place of comfort and so when those things break down you start to look for other comforts I think even at that stage my biscuit addiction was a uh, was birth <laughs> anyway so when we come to father God wants to put us in the family and we get a chance then and we have to choose to, to, to connect into families. and we have to choose to be part of the community and for some of us God might be inviting you to open your homes and your hearts to someone that's lonely and it might be that you feel that you're one of the and my challenge to you is who in Kings really, really knows you? Are you part of a missional community where you feel loved and cared for and if not then I don't think God does this lonely soldier thing You know, we're part of God's family And she, he's your dad Unfortunately, you've got brothers and sisters like me And yeah, we, we can be wearing at times But it was only I know God's perfect, so he has to love me But it's only when imperfect people embrace you And accept you And Paul and Ruth are very, you know, challenges as well And frustrations And I know I wound them up a lot you know, but they love me and show me God's love through imperfect people because we are, aren't we? You know, and I think that's what I love about being part of kings that um, none of us are perfect. But God didn't just, you know, leave us, He doesn't want to just, I suppose, He wants us to be part of God's family, but He also wants us to learn that we've got something else to give to others. And for some of us, allowing people into our lives is the most scariest thing you'll ever do. But all I can say and encourage you is however scary it is, in fact probably the more scared you are about letting people into know the real you, the more potential you have for freedom. So it says in the scriptures that it was for freedom of Christ to set us free. But as we know the Lord's prayer, don't we? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, forgive us our sins, deliver us, lead us. It's all communal. And that's hard for some of us that like to live our own lives in our box set world But you know, in Proverbs it says, he who isolates himself, seeks his own desire And that serial killer, I think it's extreme He who isolates himself, does what he wants But when you're in community, and this couple of weeks I've really struggled with work-life patterns and stuff to read my because I've just been so tired, and i found that my eyes are just not reading I'm, I'm actually struggling to actually read And I said to Dan, you know, since we've been out in some community life, you know, I've struggled a bit just to walk with Jesus. And so we agreed that I'd send him some Bible verses I was reading each day. And do you know what? I know that's blessed him because I've sent him things at 4 o'clock in my work life, uh, on my break at work, 4 a.m. that is. And he's been up and something's made a difference to him. But I'll tell you what, while it blessed him, it totally blessed me because it was making me read the Bible. And that really helped me Being in that accountable relationship And then people in my, in, in my world Helped me kind of stop being isolated And uh, sometimes at work Especially working on nights that, that You can feel sometimes that way So community is really important And God wants you to grow through community And lastly I really believe that God wants us to To know That he, he has got I'm just filling it in here so got it fixed Coming into mine by the way Very very shortly That for each one of us, obviously, if we know the triangle, you see the outward relationship, you see the inward connection to family. God has got an outward wants it must have an sort of outward focus. You know, that He wants you to know that through Jesus you can have a future that's empowered by Him, by His Holy Spirit. I mentioned Brian Welsh from Corn earlier. When He, when he connected with God, he separated himself, he made a slight mistake really. He left his family, which was corn. The problem was his family at the time was, was self-destructive and they were all doing lots of bad things and drugs and all things that come with that rock and roll lifestyle. So he had to leave that family, but he then embraced the church family that helped him get hope. And I think it was about eight years later before he, he felt calling him back into that world so he ended up rejoining the band sell numbers of albums it's not my kind of music to be honest and probably not most of yours in here but you know he went back into that world to reach out to to his friends and in that process healed a lot of the relationships that hurt because a lot of people in the band felt they'd kind of split the band up and, and you know they blamed God and him coming back in started to bring some resolution to that but there's a um I watched it as a documentary on, on Sky One, I think, by March. It's great, and you see him in the crowds praying in little groups with these metal heads and asking Jesus to minister to them. And he's kind of gone full circle from, you know, he's connected with God, is is re-engaged with his Christian family, but also that's given him the power and strength to go back out into the world and empower him to reach others. And it was brilliant seeing him pray with just, you know, like 19, 20 old guys that are really into their metal. And really just praying in Jesus' name that God would heal this person and just really was bringing hope back into that context and I think that's sometimes why we, we think God wants us to be separate from the world what he really wants us to do is know we've got a connection with a, a community of believers that love us, that give us the power and empower us to go back into the world to make a difference for him and I really want to encourage you to think about you know it's great when others can make a difference to us but how can we make a difference through our lives to to those around us so I'm just going to pray and then I'm just going to ask uh, I've got some uh, questions for you to discuss around your tables Heavenly Father thank Thank you you, that you love us and the Lord offers us uh, a pretend friendship offers us pretend comforts things that may be initially satisfying, but then often leave us wanting more. And Jesus you said that you, that you might bring us life and life in all of its fullness. Well if I'm being honest Jesus, there's times when I've seen and I've felt i felt that fullness. There's times when I've found myself headed for the biscuit barrel and the box sets and kind of ended up in a world where it's just it just leaves me not feeling the same way. And I don't know why I've worried I've seen any it Lord, there's, there is times when I look to other things that, than you for comfort but Father thank you that you place us in family, it's not a perfect one, none of us are perfect here and I know I am not but Jesus you are and you're that perfect father and you want to encourage us to help each other and comfort and support one, each other and just as that family embraced me, the Roach family not only paid that barbecue and provided that we also paid off my debt to you for Christ thank you that that's a demonstration and a reminder of what you did Jesus at the cross that you want to provide for us you want to protect us and you want to set us free from our debts and our sins and all the things that cause us uh, pain and I pray Jesus that you would help us if we've never asked you Jesus to help us and to forgive us that maybe today we could ask you, you're more than willing to forgive and you're more than willing to help us but Lord I really pray also you'd help us and show us who we can be a blessing to and shows who we can help. So empower us by your Holy Spirit, Jesus, to, to be, uh, bring hope to someone this week. And I pray you show us how to do that and who we can do that, not just for, but also what can we do that with. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.